The malacha that we are going to be discussing is the malacha of tofer. Tofer means when you have two different items, two separate items that are now going to be secured, that are now going to be attached to one another. But before you secure them, they were two distinct items. And now when you do some kind of malacha, now that you do some kind of activity, they now become one. So let's talk a little bit about that. The original time that the Gemara discusses the malacha in its essence is in the following way. First of all, as we know, all of the malachos came from the work that was done in the Mishkan. When did they do tfira? When did they do sewing in the Mishkan? When they sewed together the curtains. So you had one piece of fabric, another piece of fabric, two different colors. And somebody came along, a seamstress or whoever it may have been, came along and sewed all the different fabrics together to make the beautiful curtains that they ultimately had. So now the Gemara learns from there, how do we define the original malacha in its essence? Says the Gemara as follows: Maseches Shabbos Daf Ayin Dalad Amadbeis. This is the first entry here. Hatofer Shtei Tfiros. If I sew two stitches, then I'm in violation of the malacha of Tofer on Shabbos. Two stitches. Ask the Gemara. Baha Lo Kaima. What do you mean? If I take two different pieces of cloth, I take a needle and thread, and I sew two stitches between them, that's not going to last. It will unravel. I can then pull them apart. So why would I be in violation of a malacha of tofer when actually I'm not connecting them because I can so easily rip them apart? Says the Gemara, of course, it doesn't mean that if I just put two stitches between the two pieces of fabric, that is going to be tofer. Tofer is only when I have a huusha kashra. It's only if I have a knot at the end of the string. If I knot it and then I loop it through twice, that is considered to be a malacha of tofer because I am now connecting two different individual items to each other. One of the most relevant contemporary applications and discussions of this malacha is with regard to a doctor or a medical professional who needs to administer stitches on Shabbos. It's actually a very fascinating discussion. Let us put this off the table. If there is any concern of pikuach nefesh, if we're concerned that the person is bleeding out and they need to have stitches because it will lead to a life-threatening situation, of course, there is no question that the stitches should be given on Shabbos, on Yom Tif, on Yom Kippur, Shavuot, Sukkot, whenever it is, you give the stitches. The question here is, what if it's maybe something that is not in that realm? Would we allow giving stitches on Shabbos or perhaps not? So let's learn through this a little bit because it's a fascinating discussion that really goes back to the original malacha. How similar is it when I have two pieces of skin, sorry to be graphic, but two pieces of skin that need to be stitched to one another, is that the same as two pieces of fabric that need to be stitched to one another? Now, when you hear it that way, it's like, wow, maybe, sounds interesting. When you look at it differently and you say, well, somebody's sick and needs to be cured, it sounds very different. But when you break it down to understand what is the action, what is the activity that I'm doing, and how similar is it to the original action that was done in the Mishkan, you realize there may be something to talk about here. So let's look number two here. We have the Tzitz Eliezer. Tzitz Eliezer was Rav Waldenberg, one of the great Gedolim of Yerushalayim, passed away in the last 15 years. So the Tzitz Eliezer writes, Nira, it seems in his opinion, Kedaito Shel Hagon Rabbi Cheskel Abramski. It seems that the accepted opinion is like Rabbi Cheskel Abramski, Sheheshe Bismano, that he wrote when he was asked about this question about giving stitches on Shabbos, he said, She'ein Isr Torah Shel Ba'adam, there is no prohibition of tofer when it comes to somebody's skin. When we talk about sewing, when someone says, I just took a class and I learned how to be a seamstress, you don't say like, oh, amazing. Now if somebody gets a cut, you're going to be able to give them stitches. Nobody associates the two. They have nothing to do with each other. Yes, it's true. 
It looks like the same act, but they are not the same at all. And that is why Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky, and in his line of thinking, the Tzitz Eliezer said as well, that when you have somebody who stitches two pieces of fabric together, that is considered to be a malacha of Tofer B'Shabbos. However, when I have two pieces of skin that need to be sewn together, that is not necessarily going to be the same, and we do not immediately associate this action with the other, and that is why perhaps this will not be a iser, will not be a prohibition <coughs> on Shabbos. Perhaps the Posek, who was the most insistent on this issue, really being an issue, is Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Arabach. Let's look here at number Gimel, where he has in his Sefer Mincha Shlomo a discussion about how we view stitches. Now, what he's trying to figure out in general is, we have many malachos on Shabbos. How do you know which malachos apply to one's skin, to one's body, and which malachos do not? Let me give you an example. Say, for example, there's a malach of kosev. What does kosev mean? I'm not allowed to write. Now, that means if I write on the board, that's a malach of kosev. If I write on a piece of paper, it's a malach of kosev. If I go to the outside of my house and I write on the bricks, also malach of kosev. If I go onto the painted wall and I write, also kosev. What if I write on my skin? What will you say? Well, that's not the normal way to write. Well, would that be a malach of kosev or perhaps not? So the Rambam writes explicitly, that would be the same malacha of kosev. Why not? If I write on the wall and it's considered to be writing, then if I write on my skin, also considered to be writing, and that would be prohibited on Shabbos. Take for another example. We have a malacha of koves. You're not allowed to clean something on Shabbos. Malabe, you're not allowed to whiten something on Shabbos. So would I be allowed to take my hands and put them under water with soap and start cleaning them? Or maybe I should say that's the same as taking my shirt and scrubbing it with soap which is obviously forbidden on Shabbos. What would you say? You can't do it? Same thing. So you've never washed your hands on Shabbos? No, I'm saying that you can. You can. Why can you? It's the normal thing to do. So that's the way you're drawing the distinction. By kosev, since it's not really, but there it's not normal, and yet it is considered to be kosev. So it's the other way, right? I would have said since it's the normal thing to do, that's why it should be prohibited. It doesn't always follow a linear pattern of thought. It doesn't always work the way that we would have thought it worked. So here, what Shlomo Zalman Arbach is trying to figure out is, when you look at each malacha, each category in isolation, you have to figure out, does this apply only in the abstract, or does it apply even to my own body? If I clean my own skin, of course, that is not a prohibition of malabe. That is not considered to be a problem. We are allowed to wash our hands with soap on Shabbos. There's no problem at all. But why is it I'm allowed to do that, and yet I'm not allowed to write on my skin on Shabbos? Shouldn't I say that anything that's done on the skin is not considered to be a malacha? Obviously, that's not the answer. It must be there's some other criteria necessary of how we draw the line and how we figure out what is included and what is not included, which leads Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach to the discussion as to whether or not stitching. We know that if you stitch two different articles of fabric together that is considered to be a malacha of tofer, would we then say that we can extrapolate from that that if you now are going to stitch two pieces of skin together, that is considered to be a malacha as well? I see we have a bunch of questions. Let's hear. Yes, question. Says Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Arbach in the Mincha Shlomo. Again, as we said, he's trying to figure out which malachas apply to one's body and which ones perhaps do not. Says Rabbi Shlomo Zaman, When we talk about the malacha of tofer, and traditionally the malacha of tofer means when you have two different pieces of fabric that you are now sewing together and attaching, nearer it would seem 
If you take two pieces of paper and you glue them together, you would be in violation of Tofer as well. It's not only taking a piece of thread and sewing it, but if I take glue and I stick two pieces of paper together where they cannot come apart, that would be a prohibition of that would be a prohibition of Tofer. We're gonna to have to talk about post-it notes. Post-it notes on Shabbos. Is that a prohibition of Tofer? We'll have to see. But here he says, so too, Hachinami, Tofer Besar Adam Oro. If I take two different pieces of skin that are separated, Shehu Kibisaro, Verotza Shayiskayim Viskabriachad, and I want that through the stitches they should now become one piece of skin, Yesh Lachush, Lemelechas Tofer. Says of Shlomo Zalman, he believes that this would be a prohibition of Tofer. Skip a couple of lines, but I just put three dots instead. I just took out from a very long tshuva the points that are most relevant to us. Even though it's not normal when I say that somebody goes to learn how to become a seamstress, I don't then make the association, oh, and now you're going to know how to make stitches. Of course, this is not the norm. The only time that we sew somebody's skin is when they have some kind of injury, some kind of problem. You don't say that, therefore, it's not considered to be tofer. What do you mean? When somebody has a cut, this is what we do. You don't look at a doctor and say, what are you doing? Why are you sewing up the skin? You're crazy. The answer is we all understand what the doctor is doing. The doctor is saving the patient's life. The doctor is helping the patient take care of the wound. He says the Rambam writes in Parakyodalev, The same way if I write on the board, or if I write on a piece of paper, or I write on the walls, or if I write on my skin, says the Rambam, that is all considered to be kosev. Even though it's not normal for people to write on their skin. Yes, once in a while people write on their skin for whatever reason it is, but it's not the norm. When I say to someone, can you take down my phone number? I'm not going to say, oh, one minute, let me just get my arm for a second. I'll, I'll write it down. Normally we would say, let me get a piece of paper or let me get my phone. When somebody rolls their sleeve up and starts writing down a phone number, you would say, well, that's very strange. Why would you do that? So says Shalom Zalman Arbach, even though it is very strange and it's not the norm, still the Rambam writes that if somebody writes on their arm or on their skin on Shabbos, that would be defined as a malach of Kosev on Shabbos. And therefore he says, even though it's not normal to do that, if somebody does it on Shabbos, it's called a malacha. So to over here, even though it's not the norm of somebody who knows how to sew, to then go around and start sewing up people's skin, but we know that if somebody has an injury, they are going to be sewn up, they're going to have stitches, and that would be defined as normal. And therefore he says, that would be something that would certainly fall under the category of a malacha on Shabbos. Vein heter litvar b'Shabbos ele b'matzav shel pikuach nefesh. And therefore, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arabach comes to the conclusion, again, this is his opinion, he comes to the conclusion that because I understand that this is a prohibition of tofer and I see this as no different than any other stitching that you would do with two pieces of fabric, therefore, says of Shlomo Zalman Arbach, I don't see that there should be any distinction drawn. And that is why he limits the availability of stitches on Shabbos to somebody who is in a situation of pikuach nefesh. But say, for example, if you wait till after Shabbos, they'll be able to treat you. We'll bandage it up now and then we'll stitch it after Shabbos, which often is the case. Rabbi Shlomo Zalman says, again, that shouldn't be determined by us. That should be a medical professional has to decide whether it's safe to wait. But if they decide it is, says Rabbi Shlomo Zalman, I don't see any allowance to do it on Shabbos. After all, you are in violation of a malacha of tofer, and there would be no heter to do so. Now, just hold on one second. In fact, as you very correctly mentioned, the Shemir Shabbos Kachasa now adds another two considerations where he says, 
not only is there a problem of tofer when we talk about stitching somebody's skin up, but we have to be worried about bone because you are like building. Somebody is now has a part of their skin that is ripped and now you're building it back up. So that is considered to be bone. Now, the classical sense of bona means I take a brick, I put some material on top, and then I put another brick and I build a house. That's bona. But there are many other factors that would also be considered bona in other areas of our experience as well. And therefore, he writes, he doesn't understand how this wouldn't be a problem of bona. And beyond that, he says, it's also makabapatish. Makabapatish means when I have a building and it's missing a couple of screws, a couple of nails here and there, and I go on Shabbos and I screw in the last screw or I bang in the last nail... That would be a malacha makabapatish, even though the house is not going to fall down without the screw. House won't fall down without the nail. Everything's fine. I'm just doing the finishing touches. That is considered to be a malacha on Shabbos. So to over here, you have a person who is functioning, who is alive, who is okay. And now I'm doing a makabapatish. I'm making sure to screw in the last screw, to nail in the last nail. Why? Because they have a little cut and I want to make sure to sew it up to make sure they don't bleed. So in such a case, the Shemir Shabbos Kachasa writes that it is not only a problem of tofer, but it is also a problem that we have to worry about with regards to bona and also with regards to makebapatish as well. So that is the opinion of Reb Shlomo Zaman Arbach. Just hold on to your question for a minute. I just want to finish up his thought. Now, would this apply to other ways of putting skin back together? We know that not always does a doctor or a medical professional have to actually do stitching. Sometimes they can use glue or sometimes they can use butterfly stitches or they can just put something else on it, some kind of tape that will hold it. Is that considered to be the same problem of Topher according to Rabbi Shlomo Or would you say that perhaps that may be different? So this is a very interesting discussion. If you look here, <coughs> Rebel Yashiv wrote about this issue. Oh, I didn't put it on here. I'm sorry. Rebel Yashiv wrote about this issue. And he also is struggling with the same question. Rebel Yashiv was one of the great Gedolim in Yerushalayim, passed away 10 years ago. Rebel Yashiv was also struggling to figure out which malachos apply to one's body and which malachos do we say are not relevant to one's body. As the Ramam says, if you write on your skin, that is considered to be a malach of kosev. But if you do something else on your skin, that's much more questionable. We're not exactly sure where do we draw the line. So Rabbi Yashiv is trying to figure out uh, what the cutoff is and where do we say it should apply or not. And therefore Rabbi Yashiv says, I think, like Rabbi Shlomo Zalman writes, he thinks that this is considered to be a suffix iser de So he thinks this would be defined as tofer. And maybe it's considered to be bonam. Maybe it's makabapatish. And maybe it's all of the above. And maybe it's none of the above. He's not exactly sure, but he says he thinks it's at least a suffix for an isidar rice, and therefore he says, unless there's pikuach nefesh involved, one should not give stitches on Shabbos. However, at the end, he writes an amazing line. This is quoted in the Sefer Nishmas Avraham. Nishmas Avraham is a Sefer that was written by Dr. Abraham. Any of you ever heard of Dr. Abraham? Anybody here in pre-med? Pre-med, you've got to have the Nishmas Avraham. It's written in Hebrew and in English. Even if you're not in pre-med, every Jewish household should have the Nishmas Avraham because it is an amazing set of Svarim written by Dr. Abraham. Dr. Abraham was, continues to be a very special Talmud Chacham, a wonderful tzaddik. He's no longer a practicing doctor. I don't think he's in a physical, healthy enough state to do that. But the Nishma Savram was a Yarishamayim, is a Yarishamayim who Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Arabach used to consult on many, many medical issues. And he went through and he wrote a Sefer, a four-volume Sefer in Hebrew about all the different... Per, you know, issues that potentially can come up in many different areas of halacha 
in terms of medicine. And he discussed everything with all the gedolim of his generation. So you look in the Sefer and you see every paragraph it says, I spoke to Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach and he said this, and I spoke to Rabbi Vadi Yosef and he said that, and I spoke to the Sitz and he says the other thing. He has a whole discussion about everything in there, and in the middle he writes about stitches. He quotes this from Rabbi Yashiv, and he says, I spoke to Rabbi Yashiv. Rabbi Yashiv told me that he agrees with Rabbi Shlomo Zalman and he thinks stitches are a problem, of course, unless it's Pikuach Nefesh, which of course should be done, but if it's just cosmetic stitches, then we wouldn't do it. Or if it's something that could wait till after Shabbos, it should wait till after Shabbos. However, he says, an amazing line. He says, Rabbi Yashiv put the following caveat, and he said, before you go and administer capital punishment on somebody who gave stitches on Shabbos because you think he's a Mechalo Shabbos, before you do that, he says, Let's discuss this again before you actually kill someone because of this question, which I thought was an amazing line. If you didn't get that, it's fine. It's just his sense of humor. Where he's saying, I think it's a Suffolk Yisudar but... If someone's going to be killed in Beisden because of what they did on Shabbos of giving stitches, I don't know. I'm not so comfortable saying that. But he says that I would say this certainly is something that we do need to uh, think about and we do need to consider. So Shlomo Zalman Arabach writes that he thinks this is something, as we mentioned, that really is a concern that we need to have. But then he writes that when we're talking about butterfly stitches, when we're talking about glue or something of that nature, he says, Ulam... Harper Yoser Kal, I forgot to put it on here. Shlomo Zalman writes, also quoted in the Nishma Savram, that same very authoritative Sefer. So he says, when you put on, let's say, glue onto the skin, so he says, that would not be the same as stitches. Why not? I'm not sewing. What am I doing? All I'm doing is bringing the two portions of the skin closer to each other. If I take two articles of, of fabric, two different pieces of fabric, and put them right next to each other, but they don't stick, it doesn't stay, then that would not be considered a malacha. And therefore, Shlomo Zalman said, when it comes to glue, this is not really something that is a long-term solution. It is just getting the skin to be closer to each other that hopefully over time we'll be able to close up. And then, Shlomo Zalman said that he thinks if you're going to do a butterfly stitch, it would be the same thing, because once again, that is not considered to be a long-term solution. That is something that is really just encouraging the skin to try and grow back together. What I want to point out is exactly what you said before. If you look in the Sefer, Archa Shabbos, number Dalit here. Archa Shabbos is a Sefer that is a contemporary Sefer. It is written by Rabbi Rubin, who is a tremendous Talmud Chacham who lives in Harnof. He's the Rav of a big shul in Harnof, a very Chashav shul. And he wrote a very important set of Svarim on Hilchah Shabbos called Archa Shabbos. It is now four volumes. Last year he put out the fourth volume, so it's now four. Used to be three. Amazing Svarim. Rabbi Rubin actually once told me when I spoke to him, he said that it took him 35 years to write these three svar. Now that's a long time to be working on svar. And he said the reason why it took him so long is because he wanted to write a sefer that would be usable both for a great Talmud Chacham and usable also for somebody who's a total Amaretz. So the sefer basically has on the top all the bottom line halacha and on the bottom it has footnotes and ha'aretz and all kinds of things. So he wanted that people who are very learned should be able to go through the sugya on the bottom and understand what the background of all the halacha is. He wanted that people who are not so learned but just need the bottom line of the halacha could look on top. And he did a phenomenal job at that. So here in the Archa Shabbos, he discusses this very important contemporary issue about stitches. And he says, what is our perspective? So let's learn through it together. I am to say for Shmir Shabbos Kachasa, Shakasa. Shmir Shabbos Kachasa writes, Lomatzinu Isr Tofer Begufa Adam. He says there are those who are of the opinion that there would be no prohibition of tofer, there would be no problem of stitching 
when we're dealing with somebody's skin. nira, it would seem. He says, forgetting about the technicalities, just fundamentally, this is not called stitching. This is not called sewing. What normally happens when I sew two pieces of fabric together? My intention is that with this piece of string, with this string that I'm using to sew, now that will hold together the two pieces of fabric. And I want it to hold together for a long time. But as you very correctly pointed out, what is my intention when I take stitches and I want to sew somebody's skin? My intention is that it should heal and we should no longer need the stitches to be there. It should be able to be healthy on its own where the skin will come back together on its own as one entity without the stitches. Of course, we remove the stitches or they have dissolvable stitches. That's why, because we don't want that a person should have to stick around with this for a long time. And therefore, he says, Kal Mataraso, what is the objective when I put stitches in? It is only the Hachzik Osam Krovim Zelazet. It is only to hold the skin close to each other today in order that Shahapetza Yachalim Vizachet, in order that the injury should then heal and then it should come back together. Hareza Kemisha Chibras Chalke Haar Al Yide Keras, Sha'enzu Tvira, Umitam Zeniragam, he says, Imagine if I have a cast, right? I put like whatever they put on for a cast, if I put it on the skin, and now because of that, it holds everything together. That's not called tofer, even though it's getting to the same objective, it's making the skin come closer to the part of skin that you want it to be with, but that's not called tofer. If I put a band-aid on, would that be the same? We'll have to see. Basically, I just allow the skin to come together, and by having the skin come together, I'm then allowing the skin to heal and be able to function without the string that I put in, without the stitches. And therefore he says, this is not similar at all to the story of Tofer as we generally understand it. And therefore he says, Therefore he says, of course, I would be allowed to put the skin together with glue. This is not called bone. If the whole objective here is only to allow the skin to be able to be close together, that it should be able to then come and be one, he says that would not be the same problem as Topher, and therefore it would not be a part of this prohibition at all. So this is a very important issue. Now we mentioned before, again, you hear here that there is a wide range of opinions. On the one hand, we have the Tzitz Eliezer, who follows the opinion of Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky, that is the opinion of the Archa Shabbos as well, stitches don't even come to the conversation of Tofer at all because it's not similar. By Tofer, I take a string and I want to then attach two different articles of fabric with the string that is going to hold them together. Here, it's not what I want. Here, I look forward to the time when the stitches are not going to be necessary, when I won't need it because I want the skin to come back together and be able to heal as one. So that is why he says fundamentally, categorically, it's different. On the other hand, you have Rav Shlomo Zalman, who's of the opinion that this is something that definitely should not be done on Shabbos unless it is pikuach nefesh. Now, let's say we have a situation where it is pikuach nefesh. Let's say somebody has a terrible injury and they really need to have stitches put in immediately and they need to de- really need to close it up as soon as possible, not only because we're concerned of an infection, but also because there's a lot of blood that's being lost. So you go right away and the doctor stitches it up and then the person has a further question. As the doctor is stitching it up, 
there is a point in the stitching process, I assume, where we would say that it's no longer a danger. And now the only reason why I'm continuing to put more stitches in is because cosmetic. Because cosmetically, I want to make sure that you're not going to be, you're not going to have a scar later on. So if I only stitch up part of it, which is the pikuach nefesh, and then I stop, then you're going to have a scar later on. But if I'm going to finish off the whole thing now, then I would say there's not going to be a scar. So would we allow that extra part? Right? Of course, for pikuach nefesh, as we said, everyone would agree you're allowed to do the stitches. But would Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach agree that even though he says doing stitches is an isa daraisa, but once you're doing it already, once the doctor's already in the middle of the procedure, would we say just finish it off and make sure to put all the stitches in as you normally would on a Tuesday afternoon? Or do you say, no, the doctor has to look carefully and understand what is pikuach nefesh and what is not. After each stitch, he has to sit and ask himself, well, is the person going to bleed out or not? Is this really still dangerous or not? I assume a doctor doesn't have to think so deeply. He can understand what it is that's needed, what's necessary after having so much experience. So this is a very important question. And that really opens up a question in general that we spoke about a few weeks ago. When we deal with the situation of pikuach nefesh, when we're dealing with a patient who has a real emergent medical need on Shabbos, what are we allowed to do for them and what perhaps not? So of course, any medical intervention that they need to make themselves heal is going to be permissible. There's no question about it. We're allowed to drive them to the hospital. We are allowed to hook them onto all kinds of machines. We're allowed to do whatever it is that they need. We can get the medication. We can drive to the store to get the medication. We can fly a plane to get, we can do whatever we need to heal the patient. What if the patient asks us to do something that has nothing to do with any medicinal value to the treatment that they want? The patient asks me, can you please move my bed? Now, moving a hospital bed requires me to work with an electrical system. The patient asked me, you know, I'm just going crazy. I can't focus. I can't think. I'm really, I'm so distracted. I really don't feel well. Can you please turn on the TV? Now, what's going to happen if we don't turn on the TV? Patient's going to be in danger? Yeah? Patient, patient will not be in danger. Will the patient be very uncomfortable? Yes. Patient will be very uncomfortable and it's a helpful distraction to have the TV on. So would I be allowed to listen to the instructions of the patient when they tell me to do something for them which is of no medical benefit at all? Do you say that we just have a heter of pikuach nefesh for somebody who's in that state of being right now, for somebody whose life is really in danger, do we say that the only intervention you can do for them is something which is actually life-saving or of medicinal value? Or do we say that you would even be allowed to extend that and do anything that would make the patient comfortable? This is a very famous question, and it is one that it goes all the way back to the 1300s. The most often quoted opinion on this matter is the Magen Mishnah. Magen Mishnah was mi base midrasho shel haramban. He was one of the Talmidi haramban. He was a contemporary of the Ram, if you know some of the construct of the Rishonim. He was a cont- I didn't forget about your question in the back. He was a contemporary of the Ran. He was Mibes Midrasho Shel Haramban. And he writes the following. And he says that when we talk about a Chola Sheyesh Bosakana, when we talk about somebody whose life is in danger, we are allowed to do anything to help that person. Even though if I don't do this activity, the person's life will not be in danger. Even though if I don't turn on the TV, nothing's going to happen. If I don't move the bed, so they'll be a little uncomfortable. It's not going to change your condition at all. Still, says the Magad Mishnah, this is something that we would allow on Shabbos. 
How do we paskin? That is a major, major question. Do we accept the opinion of the Magen Mishnah or perhaps not? The Magen Avram writes in Simen Shin Chavches, Magen Avram is the most important authoritative commentary on the side of the Shulchan Aruch HaRachayim. Magen Avram writes that we accept the position of the Magen Mishnah and we would say that we would allow it even, even if we're talking about alleviating pain, even if we're just alleviating discomfort and there is no medical need for whatever it is that the patient is asking. Now again, it has to be within reason. I said before, Rav Asher Weiss once told me the following suggestion. He said, imagine you have a woman who is in labor. So she wakes up in the middle of the night, Friday night, and says, I got to go to the hospital. Of course, we drive her to the hospital. We call the hot seller. We do whatever we need to do. We're allowed to go to the hospital. Let's say she says, you know, it would really help me if you picked up my mom along the way. I would feel a lot of comfort if she came to the hospital with me. It would give me a lot of support. I would like her to be in the delivery room with me. So would we be allowed to make a detour on Shabbos to go, instead of going straight to the hospital, can we go pick up the mother-in-law? Can we go pick up the mom? Or would we be allowed to call her on the phone and say, listen, we're rushing to the hospital. My wife would really want you to be there. Would you be able to jump in a taxi and just meet us there? The answer to that is yes, of course. If it would be something that would alleviate the tension that a woman has as she's going through labor, we would allow it. But Rav Asher Weiss gave me the example. What if you have a woman who on the way to the hospital says, you know, I would like you to go rent a bus and I want you to go drive around the neighborhood and stop at every door, ring the bell, and get all of my neighbors to come with me. It would be like really nice if I had 50, 60 friends who came to the hospital, all stood in the, in the delivery room with me, all were there to greet my child together. It would just make me feel so much more comfortable. It sounds very nice. I mean, strange woman, but it sounds very nice, but not reasonable. That's not a reasonable ask. So again, you have to really discern. You have to really figure out what is considered to be reasonable and what perhaps is not. Rabbi Vadi Yosef writes in one of his chuvas in Chelek Zayin in Yabiya Omer. I'm just going to read you what he says. Maskara de Dina. His bottom line is, When you have somebody whose life is in danger, and of course we're allowed to do things for them on Shabbos, Since we would allow a person to violate Shabbos for Pikuach Nefesh, we would be allowed to do everything that they ask. Cloud. Says Rabbi Vadia, this is something that we should not be machmer on at all. This is something that we should totally adopt the position of the Magad Mishnah, and we should allow the patient to have exactly what they need. So say, for example, the Shmir Shabbos Kilchasa quotes from Rishlom Azaman Urbach. What if you have a patient who says that they want the doctor to administer morphine on Shabbos? Now, in order to get the morphine, we have to turn on the computer, we have to put it into the system, we have to do all kinds of malachos. Now, why would a patient be taking morphine? Because they're in pain. Not because it's going to help your condition in any way. The only reason why we give morphine, I think, is because someone's in pain and we want to alleviate the stress or the pain or the discomfort that they have. So we give them morphine to calm the body or whatever it's going to do to the body. That's why we give it. So, Shlomo Zaman Arabach was asked, if a patient asks on Shabbos to have morphine, of course, if the patient says, I need an IV drip, if a patient says, I need this medication, of course we would give it. What if a patient says, I need morphine because I'm so uncomfortable? The answer is, of course we would give it to them. Why? Because when we have a cholosh yeshba we would provide for them. So here the question is, and similarly he writes, that's why a woman who's in labor who asks for an epidural, we would give it as well. Even though epidural is only to reduce the amount of pain that a woman has while going through labor, that is not something that we would hold ourselves back from giving because she is considered a cholosh yeshba And when a cholosh yeshba asks for something, we would be able to provide it for them. Now, as we said, the postkim discuss what is the halacha when you are giving stitches. Let's say you have a cholat sheyesh sakana, as we mentioned. 
So everybody agrees that when you have somebody whose life is in danger, you'd be allowed to administer stitches on Shabbos. That is without question. That is obvious. Of course you're allowed to. The question now becomes, when I'm giving the stitches and the doctor now determines that no longer is the patient in any danger because we've done enough stitching that we are now able to save the person's life, would we then be allowed to continue the stitching for cosmetic purposes only? That is a question that is raised by the Archa Shabbos. As we mentioned, the same Sefer Archa Shabbos, I didn't put it on here, but let me read you his words. Let's take the example of a person We have to stitch the person because we're concerned of an infection, we're concerned they're going to have some kind of problem, it's not going to heal, they're going to bleed out. And we're talking about a case where it is undoubtedly a pikuach nefesh situation. And now the doctor says, you know what? Once I'm stitching, I want to add on. Because I don't want to leave a scar. So would that be permissible on Shabbos? L'chora, he says, I should have said that we wouldn't allow it. However, he says, Remember, Shlomo Zalman Arabach was the one who said, what about stitches? He thought it's a malacha de araisa. He thinks it's tofer. He thinks it's makabat patish. He thinks it might be bona. All kinds of problems that you run into with stitches. Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arabach said, when it's pikuach nefesh, of course it's allowed. And he's not sure whether you'd be allowed to continue on. Rabbi Shlomo Zalman's bottom line was, it would seem that even though generally we have to take stitches very seriously on Shabbos, and it's not so clear that you're allowed to do it just willy-nilly. But here he says, when we're dealing with someone who needs stitches, and now the doctor wants to know, can they extend it and give a few more as not to leave a scar, that would be, uh, that would be allowed, because once the doctor's already starting, then we would say he's allowed to continue. And if Shlomo Zalman gives some kind of rough comparison, which is not exactly the same, but he gives the following comparison. He says, imagine if you have a moel who's doing a bris milah. Now, when you do a bris milah, there's a moel that's very good at doing a bris milah. There's a moel that's not so good at doing a bris milah. So the Gemara says, if you have a moel who may not be so good at doing a bris milah, then after he finishes doing the incision, he says, you know, like, I didn't really get every part of the skin. This never happens, because you've never been to a bris where that happened, correct? I assume, never. So, Let's say you have a mole that's very inexperienced. By the way, when you have your own children, don't use a mole that's not experienced. Use a mole that is experienced, right? So what happens if you have that mole on Shabbos? How are you allowed to do a brismila in general? Isn't it a malacha on Shabbos? Oh, sechabura. How are you allowed to cut skin and make someone bleed on Shabbos? How are you allowed to do a brismila? It says in the Torah that on the eighth day. Oh, so the Gemara says in the Shabbos that the Torah explicitly says, Bayom ashmini yimol b'sar alasa. It's in Parshas Tazriah, correct? The Torah says explicitly, on the eighth day of the baby boy's life, he's supposed to have a brismila. Says the Gemara, what does it mean on the eighth day? It means afila b'shabbos. Even if the eighth day happens to fall out on Shabbos, you will violate Shabbos, or it's not called a violation. You will do the brismila on Shabbos, because the brismila will override Shabbos, and therefore we don't have to be concerned about Olam Malacha. Now, of course he's allowed to do the brismila. What happens when he finishes doing the brismila and he says, oh my goodness, I really didn't do a good job. I need to go do the incision a little bit more. I need to cut a little bit something, whatever. He didn't do it perfectly. Would the mole then be allowed to go back and do that? Would the mole be allowed to go back and do that? Now, if it's on a Tuesday after, Tuesday morning, of course he's allowed to. If it's on a Shabbos, the Gemara says you're not allowed to because you've already done the mitzvah brismila. You didn't do it perfectly. You didn't do it beautifully. You didn't cut the way a professional surgeon is supposed to. All right. But there's no heter now to do the, to do the last part. So now says the Gemara, 
if there would be no heter for me to finish off the bris and do it properly, then how could it be that on Shabbos, when I'm doing a bris shouldn't I have to carefully make the incision and only do the parts of the bris that are absolutely necessary for the mitzvah to be fulfilled and anything beyond that, I should say, you know, too bad. You have a bris on Shabbos, all right? It's not going to be perfect. Of course we don't say that. Why? Because we say, once he's doing the incision, he's allowed to do it the right way. So do over here, said Shlomo Zalman. Once the doctor has an allowance, has a heter, to do the act of administering stitches on Shabbos because the patient is in danger, then we would say, do it the right way. Do it all the way, the way a doctor would normally do it. Whether you're allowed to do the stitches in the first place is the question you need to determine before you get started. Is this pikuach nefesh or not? But once it's been determined that this is pikuach nefesh, then we assume that the doctor, says Shlomo Zalman, the doctor would be allowed to do whatever he or she would normally do to stitch up a patient, and you don't have to sit and count by each stitch, figuring out whether or not this is still considered to be a situation of pikuach nefesh. Or... So your question is, if let's say I have someone who is not in a life-threatening situation, and the doctors have determined that they don't need the stitches to save their lives, but you have a non-Jew who's available. So in such a case, would I say that a person is a chola she'ein bosakana, and therefore a non-Jew would be allowed to do it for me? Yes, potentially yes. Beyond that, I would say as well, Rav Asher Weiss has told me, my father told me the same thing. Let's say you have somebody who has a, you know, a gash in their forehead. And it's not pikuach nefesh. We can glue it, we can butterfly stitch it, whatever. But after Shabbos, we're going to have to stitch it up. Okay? But if we wait till after Shabbos, it's going to leave a scar. Now, nobody wants a scar in the middle of their forehead. Especially a woman doesn't want a scar in the middle of her forehead. Rav Asher Weiss has told me, my father said the same thing, that that would be defined as sakanas aver. That would be defined as a sakanas aver because I'm now going to permanently, irreversibly damage the surface of my skin because I didn't take care of this on Shabbos. And we have a lot of kulas that the Shulchan Aruch talks about for somebody who is going to suffer sakanas aver. Sakanas aver classically that the Gemara talks about is somebody is going to lose their eyesight if they don't take care of some kind of infection that they have on Shabbos. Now, is that life-threatening? No. You can live all the rest of your life without eyesight, without seeing on one eye. Is your life going to be very, very severely hindered because of that? Of course. But that's an irreversible damage that is going to be done because I didn't take care of it on Shabbos. So in such a case, there are some Isurim de Rabbanan, one of them being, of course, I'm allowed to ask a non-Jew to do a Malacha de Araisa for me on Shabbos in order to save myself from the potential of a Sakanas Ever. So they argued that this would be considered a case of Sakanas Ever. Why? Because if I'm going to have a scar, that is something that is of irreversible damage, that there's no way to undo it, and therefore that would be something that we would permit, that we would say is allowed uh, on Shabbos, Ayyadeh Nachri. Ayyadeh Nachri, yeah.